Thanks for listening to this podcast of Trending with Timory from the Relevant Radio app. Anything you share in terms of episodes, whether it's texting it to a friend, posting on social media, helps to build up the kingdom for God to help confront the challenging issues we face as a culture, but with joy, with hope, and with an eternal perspective where our faith collides with everyday life, bringing eternal principles to help us live our life joyfully. So, what's trending? Bridging your Catholic faith with your everyday life. You're listening to Trending with Timory on Relevant Radio. It's our weekly marriage hour today on Trending. Welcome, welcome. I'll be happy to take any of your questions on marriage, dating, and relationships. The number is 1-888-914-9149. I'd like to hear from you. Uh, I want to dive into the topic of motherhood and finding joy in embracing motherhood. There are a lot of obstacles today that lead women to have abortions, but there are also many obstacles for women in general with the tug of being pulled in multiple directions. And many women find themselves resentful, really exhausted, and not enjoying motherhood, but really struggling through motherhood. Not that we shouldn't struggle, but there should still be joy. How do you find joy in motherhood? We'll talk about that today on Trending, but I'd like to hear from you. Was there a turning point for you as a mom where suddenly you were able to embrace motherhood uh, that gave you greater peace? What was it? Love to hear your story. Numbers 1-888-914-9149. You can also share now on social media. Just follow me at Timmery, T-I-M-M-E-R-I-N. I.E. Before we dive into the topic of motherhood, I'm joined today by Catherine Contreras. She's the founder and president of Vox Vitae. It is a pro-life leadership program equipping young people, both spiritually as well as intellectually, to be on the front line of the battle for life, fighting for women and the precious children, those babies in the womb. And coming up is a full formation program, a leadership program for young youth in the high school age. You can fly in from any part of the country to Southern California, as well as a day-long summit for adults to be formed and equipped in the pro life position, especially here in the battle state of California. So to share more about these incredible events is Catherine Contreras. Catherine, welcome back to Trending. Hello, Tamari. Thank you very much for having me. So let's talk about first the summit for adults that you have coming Mm -hmm. up this summer. Yes. So like, just like you said, that uh, um, California, specifically Los Angeles, we're the Western abortion capital of the United States. And we really are facing across our country and in our state the battle for life. And so what we have done is we've asked a lot of uh, people who are active and who are experts in their field to be able to come in and speak with adults on Saturday, July 8th in Pasadena about what is going on in the battle for life. So we're going to have, um, like, so what is the battle and how do you talk about it? So we have um, Mary Logan Miskey from Students for Life. She's going to be talking about pro-life apologetics. We're going to be having um, Greg Bird from California Family Council talking about the California battle for the dignity of life which as we are all seeing what is happening in our education system mm-hmm. um, with um, the attack on parenthood and, and, and the dignity of uh, the precious life in the womb, um, we really are facing a crisis. And um, then we're going to have Nathan Duell from Heritage Action. He's going to be coming in and he's going to talk about the national crisis and what we can all do. And um, then we have um, 
a speaker from Live Action, Mauricio Leone. He's going to talk about, like, you, you the individual. What can you do in the battle for life? And we are so grateful that, uh, Kimmery, you will be joining us, and you will be talking about confronting feminism. Um, womanhood and feminism is being attacked. What is femininity? And, and so we're so grateful that all of these incredible speakers are coming. It's an adult um, summit where we're coming in. We're going to be talking about these issues. There will be a Q&A panel, um, tables where you can go and talk with the speakers. And adults, please come. It's in Pasadena. It's on a Saturday. It's beautiful. Come have a drive up. It's from noon to five. Um, and uh, please learn about this issue if you if you want to be a voice for life, which is the the motto for, of Vox Vitae, be a voice for life. And to be that voice, we have to learn about the crisis that we are facing and what we can all do about it. You can learn more voxvitae.org. That's voxvitae.org. Is the registration open yet for this event to get your ticket, Catherine? Yes, um, people can. They can go to voxvitae, V-O-X-V-I-T-A-E dot O-R-G. They can register for the camp. They can register for the summit. And you know what? So many people, um, they wish that they would have had this information to be able to go to a camp or go to a summit, but maybe they can't. Maybe they're in another state or they're just not available to um, um, travel. So we're asking people to please donate. Um, this is important work that we are doing. We're equipping youth. We're equipping adults. And we do um, we do need assistance in, in helping to reach more people. And so if you would like to donate, um, we're also asking people to donate. Donate a scholarship for our kids to come to camp. We have incredible sponsors and a lot of adults who really care about what is happening to our youth and uh, to our country. And they, they've sponsored, but we do need, um, we are asking people also to donate, to help, help kids go to camp, help, help adults come to the summit and uh, sponsor people. It's an incredible program. We'll dive into the youth program in just a moment. But again, that summer uh, summit to equip and form the pro-life voice in the state of California is so important. Live Action Heritage mm-hmm. Foundation, uh, you have it. California Camp Family Council, Students mm-hmm. for Life, all of these organizations coming together with Vox Vitae. Uh, it's like-minded people. And I think right now people need to be around like-minded people to be edified mm-hmm. and fortified for this battle, especially in the state of California that is a, pro- a <laughs> pro-abortion sanctuary state right now. I mean, we're looking at yeah. spa type of abortion experiences that are being created for people to come from out of the state. So that event is July 8th. That's correct. Yes, July 8th in Pasadena, California. Okay, we'll post online so you can register for that event as well. But also coming up this summer is a pro-life leadership program for youth, for teenagers. And this program is one of a kind, forming young people in their Catholic Mm -hmm. faith, in the sacraments, and in their pro-life voice, and so much more. Let's talk a little bit about the program, but let's start. When are the dates, and can people come from across the country? Where would they fly into? Yes, yes. So Vox Vitae Catholic Pro-Life Teen Leadership Sleepaway Camp, um, it is where teens grow in faith, knowledge, and courage. It is in um, beautiful Wrightwood, California at Camp Lolek from ju- sa- Sunday, July 9 through Saturday, July 15. Uh, you can fly into Ontario Airport. It's nearby. 
And yeah, we have kids. Uh, we have kids that came um, um, from Florida and from Texas, from Idaho, from New York. Kids come from Northern California. They come from across the United States to uh, and attend this specialized training for teenagers, and it's geared toward them. And it is a Catholic pro-life camp. So. Monday, these kids, they're going to learn Catholic apologetics. They're going to learn the science of Eucharistic miracles. They're going to learn how do you defend our beautiful faith. And then Tuesday is Pro-Life 101. Let's learn about, like, what what is abortion? Like, what are abortion methods? What is the reality of fetal development? How does abortion affect a woman? What, like, if, if we don't have Planned Parenthood, do we really need Planned Parenthood? And the answer mm-hmm. is no, we don't. We, we have experts coming in speaking about the reality of um, chastity and you're made in the image of God. What does that mean? We have um, um, Pam Stenzel. She's going to be talking with the kids about um, with the girls about um, the porn crisis and sex and chem- with the chemicals and hormones that that we all all it's we're beautifully gifted with beautiful hormones in the unity of the marital act, but when it's just when it's um, abused and in in pornography or um, premarital or extramarital, then the, how that really does injure you. And then we also have um, wonderful Jim O'Jay coming and speaking with the boys, and in fact, he's also going to speak with the girls, and and the and then the boys will have different talks. Um, um, you wonderful Timory, you're going to be speaking with the boys about why men are called to protect. And uh, we're seeing so much about what is manhood, what is fatherhood. There's so much confusion happening out there. And, and so we're, we're helping the boys understand their role in society. And speaking of uh, roles in society is um, Thursday, we will be having um, Michael Gasparro, um, um, a marriage and family therapist, and he's going to be talking with the youth about experiencing same-sex attraction and living courageous chastity and also about um, the reality of gender ideology and uh, transgenderism. Mm-hmm. And that is, um, it's such an important topic. And, the it, you know, parents out there and adults, we all care But no one is an expert on everything. Parents aren't an expert on every topic that is out there. They need support and help. Right. What we do with um, our Vox Vitae camp is we bring in the experts. There's a daily Q&A panel where on on a daily basis, the kids will be able to ask experts about these topics that are really hard to talk about and we don't always know, like, you know, uh, adults and parents, we don't always know all the facts, all the ramifications, all the side effects, but our experts do. And so that's what we have at our Voxite camp. And then the kids receive this very thick handbook. <laughs> okay. um, so this way, when they leave camp, they can use it as a reference. Mm-hmm. So when they go to college, when they go to high school, they'll be able to use it as um, we see our kids writing essays and um, giving um, talks in their school. And even in the public forum, they give speeches and talks and getting involved in college and high school. And so that is that is how through 
education and through having fun with other kids who have the same value system, they're able to then, we're able to raise this culture of life and help our kids defend themselves, be able to make wise choices in their life. So this way they can live life as beautifully wonderful as God would want them to. Amen. And I think these are all topics that young people are confronted with and either they go with what is said on social media, which is social media is their peer group today, more so than the people they spend face to face time with, even more so than often their parents. And so Mm -hmm. we are helping to give them a different perspective, a perspective that is logical, uh, that has natural law behind it, that has science and therapy psychology behind it and is in tune with what the catholic church teaches faith and science don't contrast they complement one another because god made everything and it's amazing to see these young people catherine come to life with joy saying ah i knew i didn't like what i was saying i didn't know how to answer it and here Mm -hmm. you are helping me to answer these difficult questions so your lineup of speakers are incredible, and some of them are my favorite people. They are guests here on <laughs> Trending as well. You mentioned Michael Gasparo, Jim O'Day, Pam Stenzel, Father Tim Grumbach will be there as well, along right, with many right. others. It's kind of like Trending coming to life in some respects. So <laughs> if this is a program you're interested in having your young people attend, where can people sign up? What are the dates, and can people come from out of state? Yes. Uh, go to Vox Vitae. V, not a B, V as in Victor, voice like voxvitae.org. You can um, uh, check out our camp um, link on our website and also under the link, it's also the Battle for Life Summit. You can, um, in it, in the link, you can also see the day-to-day lineup of our speakers and our talks. It's incredible. Please send your kids across the United States kids can come to this camp have a family vacation go like you can stay in Wrightwood and and while the kids are enjoying this incredible camp we have archery we have hiking we have paintball we have outdoor course outdoor games indoor games we have a talent show a concert we have daily mass daily adoration daily opportunity for confession daily rosary it is this incredible camp fills the kids with grace and deeper knowledge of our faith and also education about these important topics that they're being challenged with. And I ask all of you, please pray for us, pray for our kids, pray for our speakers. And um, if you can't, send send your teenagers. And if you cannot send a teenager, please sponsor a teenager and um, come to the Battle for Life Summit. We're in a battle but united we can help defend and save lives and let's be a voice for life together. So two events, Battle for Life Summit for Adults on July 8th, coming up this summer with tons of pro-life organizations coming together for this fight in California, as well as an event bringing people from across the country, young people in particular, youth. It's Vox Vitae. You can find them at voxvitae.org. That's V as in Victor, O-X. V as in Victor, I-T-A-E dot org. We'll post links on social media as well as in the episode notes if you didn't catch that. So don't worry. That's voxvitae.org. And Catherine, I would love to hear just a little bit. I know you've been doing this program for a number of years now with yeah. youth. It's really one of a kind. What are you seeing the fruits of it are? How are these youth going out into their lives and what are they doing to impact people after they leave the uh-huh. event? 
Um, babies. They've saved babies. They, they've, they have spoken out on the public square. They have been involved in praying outside of Planned Parenthood. They've gotten involved in leadership in their college and in their high school. They have been sharing with their friends and helping their friends make better life choices. They've, they've shared and their parents have shared how, um, um, they're, they're, some of them are there like asking, like they want to be going to daily mass. They're leading family rosary. Um, some of them who were baptized and, and received the first communion, but were apathetic or just didn't really care. They had a renewed joy of what their Catholic faith really is. And they're finishing, um, um, their confirmation sacraments. It's incredible. It is absolutely incredible to see the witness of faith that just grows in our precious youth and to see the impact as they go back to their communities, but also as they go back to their families, as aunts and uncles, parents have shared with me how they're seeing the change in their teenager. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. it's incredible. This is a solution I think many parents have been looking for. And you don't have to be a parent Mm -hmm. to spread the news. Parents, aunts, uncles, grandparents. I've heard from a lot of aunts and uncles actually over the years who have said, hey, I told my niece about this program. They went. I'm so glad they did. So this is the opportunity for teens to be formed in their faith, to learn how to respond to pro-abortion, pro-LGBTQ ideologies that radically oppose the gift of the body and our faith. And they get to do it side by side with other youth, put them with their peers who believe or will learn the same things. Don't leave them to be influenced by others on social media. It's a real crisis, and we need to share this truth that is only available and preserved within the Catholic tradition today. That's the fact of the matter. We wouldn't have truth today if the Catholic Church wasn't standing for truth. Who is Jesus Christ himself? Catherine, thank you for what you're doing. You can learn more at voxvitae.org. We'll post the link on social media as well as in the episode notes. If you didn't catch that, voxvitae.org. We'll be right back today on Trending. It's our weekly marriage hour. We're happy to take your questions, dating, relationships, and marriage from a Catholic perspective. Numbers 1-888-914-9149. Going to discuss finding and choosing joy in motherhood. How do you find and choose joy in motherhood? Do you have a story you'd like to share? What happened maybe that led you to suddenly be able to embrace your state in life? Be happy. Enjoy your children more. I'd love to hear your story. Numbers 1-888-914-9149. listening to Trending with Timory, where you can discuss what matters most to you. Join the conversation, 888-914-9149. Welcome back to our weekly marriage hour today on Trending. I'm happy to take it your questions, dating, relationships, marriage, from a Catholic perspective. The number is 1-888-914-9149. I want to hear from moms today. Uh, motherhood is such a challenge in the 21st century. Women, statistically speaking, are less happy than they've ever been, especially moms. They're struggling, being pulled in many directions, uh, trying to do it all and have it all, and yet struggling and seeming like they're drowning at times, not even treading water. Maybe you made a change that helped you to embrace, enjoy, and love motherhood. If you did, I'd love to hear from you. What made that change? Numbers 1-888-914-9149. I heard a wise priest uh, say once before that women who are in the phase of their life of being a mother are happiest when they embrace fully their motherhood, embrace that state in life. 
And I think that's legitimate. That statement's really stood out. And from a wisdom of a priest who's, you know, counseled so many men, women, especially mothers, there's a lot of resentment brewing among women today. And it's easy to allow resentment to get in the way in life. We actually did a whole segment on it this week with Sister Tina Alfieri, who's a spiritual director, addiction specialist, and recovery coach. And she's fantastic, and she talked about how to overcome resentment. We'll post the link on social media to that episode if you didn't have it. And a lot of it had to do with understanding your state in life and overcoming a lot of hurdles uh, that can get in the way. Uh, but I want to hear from you. Uh, was there maybe a turning point for you in your experience as a mom that helped you to really enjoy motherhood not that it was easy but that you embraced it fully it's interesting as i hear over and over again from many women on this topic and even having thrown this out there on social media today i'd love to hear your response as well a lot of women their responses had to do with changing completely their perspective I've heard from a lot of women who said in order to decrease the pull, to take back the time, to actually enjoy being present with their children, they had to make some pretty big changes. And a lot of those stories that I'm hearing from women have to do with drastic changes, drastic changes such as quitting their job. And it's startling sometimes to hear how extreme some of these changes are for women, but these are the real stories of so many. Uh, one woman shared on social media, uh, Gabby said, I'm a mother of four boys and now a f- am four months pregnant with a baby. They are my joy. How did she do it? By choosing them, choosing those relationships. I think when we get married, you choose your spouse. You love your spouse. And then, you know, things get difficult. You get busier and you have to find again how to choose your spouse, how to delight in your spouse. And that takes work. And children, sometimes I think we, in some ways, fall into being a parent. Even when you desire to be a parent, you fall into being a parent. And without recognizing that every day it's a choice, it's an act of the will to be there, to be present, and to love them. And to love them sacrificially in a way that hurts and is challenging. I was just talking to my mom the other day about this. And she was talking about how, you know, in order to be as present as she was with us as children, there were a lot of things she had to say no to. A lot of great opportunities. A lot of sacrifices that had to be made. She loves being a mom. I remember so often hearing her say she never thought she'd have children. She really didn't think that much about children. When she was pregnant with me, she actually thought she had a tumor. But I was tumory, the joke is. And, you know... There she was. She had her first kid. She thought she'd probably do missionary work. And she's done tons of pro-life work over the years and political work, uh, especially fighting for human life and children, the babies in the womb. And it's so fascinating to see how she couldn't imagine doing anything apart from being a mother and how she loves it. And she's not someone who likes children. I've shared this before on Trending. I'm not a big fan of kids. It takes work for me to really like and delight in other people's children. I like well-behaved kids. I mean, don't we, don't we all? Uh, in that, but it still takes effort for me. But I love my children. I think a lot of women struggle with that because they think, I don't like kids. And so sometimes we push away even our own children, not realizing that God equips us with exactly, I'll say this again, exactly what we need to love, appreciate, and sacrifice for our children. God equips us with exactly what we need to love, appreciate, and sacrifice for our children and to form them. The primary end of marriage, as the Catholic Church teaches, is 
the procreation and education of children. What does that mean? That we have children and we form them. And that doesn't just mean, hey, we send them off to school or we pay for expensive tuition. We make sure they go to college. That is not what it means. What it means is that we are forming their body, mind, and soul for God and to be beacons of Christ in the world for their own sake and for others. They're made to be a gift just as Jesus Christ on the cross was gift. We're going to talk a little bit about that earlier, kind of discussing this whole idea that Jesus Christ didn't have to suffer on the cross, but he did. He was even mocked by his contemporaries. He was mocked while he was on the cross. He can save himself, people were saying, but he didn't. Jesus Christ didn't choose to save himself from suffering when he could have. Why? We'll talk about that in just a little bit, but I think it's all relevant to this topic of motherhood. Understanding that Jesus Christ supplies us with the graces necessary to be mothers. And so these stories I'm hearing consistently include many women having to quit their jobs or change to a different type of job if they need to work or being at peace with the fact that I don't need to look for my worth outside of my state in life of being a wife and a mother. That is your vocation. And we have to understand that within the context of the Catholic Church. There's not a vocation to be a professional accountant. There isn't a vocation to be a professional teacher in a school. There is a vocation to be the educator, the lover, the one and only for your children. So what I'm hearing from any of the stories shared on social media, stories consistently including decreasing the pull that is between work and children, between the world, right? The world, the flesh, everything that's tempting, that that temptation that was present at the beginning of time, the dawn of time with Adam and Eve, was present, the devil trying to tempt Jesus Christ from the sacrifice. The world, money, the flesh, the devil is there trying to entice us so desperately. So these stories include through their quitting their job, many women saying it decreased the tug in too many directions. It gave them more time and energy. That also meant making some sacrifices, major sacrifices with budget. Some things had to give. Smaller car, a different car, smaller house, a different location for their home, a radical change in lifestyle and activities. But that meant more quality time and diving in, which is work, which is work. Again, I said earlier, wise priest once said the happiest women he has ever encountered in his many years as a priest were mothers who fully embraced their state in life as mothers. Overcoming that constant desire to be resentful. Again, I just did an episode with this with, on this topic of resentment with Sister Tina Alfieri. We'll post on social media. It's a challenge, though. It's a challenge for women. Women are expected to fill so many hats, whether they're working and with children or home with their children, caring for their children, cooking, cleaning, being a social coordinator, actually still putting time into the relationship with your spouse. Also, women are still children of their own mothers, maintaining those relationships and sometimes even caring for their mothers if they're elderly, caring and loving their spouses, caring and loving their siblings as well. There's so many challenges, I think, for women today, and it requires a lot of sacrifice. And women, mothers, I'd love to hear from you. What helped you in embracing your state in life? Was there an aha, turnkey moment that allowed that to happen for you? 
I love to hear from you all. In Wheaton, Illinois, Kelly is calling to share her story. Kelly, welcome to Trending. What's your story? Hi, Timory. Um, I just wanted to share that when I was pregnant with my third, I was still working part time. And I remember, you know, talking to my husband, deciding that I would be at home um, and be a full time stay at home mom. And one of the things I remember telling people when I was quitting my job is, you know, my kids need me, but I need them. And mm-hmm. I, it was like such a, an attitude change, you know, because it's like, of course, you know, our kids need us. And to think of it as us needing them and feeling like that wholeness because we are part of their lives just as much as they're part of ours. Like, it's just a complete um, dyn- dynamic shift because, like, Here's another example. Like I was talking to one of my girlfriends about kids and she's like, I can't believe you say nice things about your kids because so many of my other friends say such like negative things about their kids. Mm. And it really just made me realize like as a mom, it's about our attitude. Mm It's profound. It's all about our ha- attitude. I want to touch on that. What attitude shift had to occur for you? Um, you know, I was working, so it was hard to be like, like you said, doing all these different things, being pulled in all these different directions. And I really just felt like for me, I just had my fourth baby and you know, it's like, I can do this. It's that, oh, thank you. It's like empowerment. Like I can do this and it's hard and every day is a challenge, but I can, I can do this and be, make so many sacrifices too in my life Mm -hmm. to make this happen and to make my kids like really like have my full presence. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's just been, so much more satisfying for me and joyful for me because of just those changes I've made with my mentality. Um, and then, you know, of course, in every challenge, you need, you need that me time, like you said, to have other relationships, to feel, you know, like an adult and to feel like you have friendships and connections with other people. But I really do think that like, um, you know, the more kids I had too, it's like you build tolerance for mm. what you're dealing with day to day. And, and it's, it's love. It's not like yeah, tolerance, that tolerance is like, love. Oh, and I just, yeah, it's just that love and it's unconditional. And I mean, believe me, it's been years in the making. I mean, my oldest is almost nine, but, and I've made a lot of mistakes, but I just feel like, if you really look at it in with that different perspective, it can change. I mean, everything and it takes away like all of the negativity and those stigma, the negative stigmas that so many people look at as far as motherhood goes. And hopefully, you know, by us changing that too, like we can help these younger generations of women who to be honest, like don't even look at marriage as something that's of value and they don't look at motherhood as something that's of value. And, and I'm hoping that maybe, you know, we can be that change for them. Um, 
and they it's can countercultural. see us by our example. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. countercultural today. Yeah, yeah my husband is. keeps saying, Kelly, that today, uh, or back in the day, maybe when we were younger, the thing used to be to have the tattoos, to have the piercings. That, that was countercultural. <laughs> it was the rebellion. Today, the rebellion is to get married, stay married, and to have children and to embrace and love your children. Kelly, I'd like to hear from you. And if you're just joining us, you're listening to Trending with Tim Marie. Kelly's called in sharing uh, what led her to embrace and appreciate and love uh, her family. She said it was quitting her job after her third child. Uh, what things perhaps needed to change in your home and your relationship that would make room for you to embrace that state in life and embrace your motherhood and your children? Are you, I'm sorry, Go you ahead. asked me that? Yeah, what what things maybe had to change in order to make room for you to embrace that? Because I think a lot of women, Kelly, uh, don't have feel like they don't have the room to do so. Like things need to change so that they have the space to be mothers, the freedom to be mothers. Were there things that had mm-hmm. to change for you and your family, your dynamic with your spouse? Oh, I mean, absolutely. Like just for me personally as a woman, like the sacrifice was just, it was very, fine, you know, financial driven. Like, okay, you know, <laughs> I still struggle with it at times, but, you know, my income was gone. And we have more kids and it's like really the things I had to like take a step back, like in like purchasing things for me and, you know, services, like getting my hair done, you know, stuff like that, stuff that like we as women think we need, right? We always think we need these things. And one of the biggest things for me, I mean, to be honest, like I had to get over any like jealousy towards people like, Oh, this person has this and this person, you know, drives this type of car. This person wears this. Like I had to eliminate that because it's that keeping up with the Joneses um, obstacle that Mm. I think inhibits women. And then you think like, Oh, I can never be a stay at home mom. And I mean, this is just my experience because I don't work, but I could never be a stay at home mom because I, need X, Y, and Z, you know, I need to live in this house. I need to drive this car and have these clothes or whatever. But to be honest, I mean, it was really just scaling back, like completely scaling back. And it was so hard in the beginning, but now it's like the simplicity of that has been so like, for me, it's just been such a relief because like truly not caring about what other people think is freedom for me. <laughs> and that was just one of the examples of like, okay, if I'm going to do this, I really have to make this change and it has to be permanent. Mm-hmm. Now tell me, I know it's a major sacrifice for all families when they choose to uh, keep mom home, preserve that safe space, reserve that space. You mentioned you know, to quitting your job, making that financial sacrifice, uh, really hunkering down in terms of finances, overcoming jealousy, you know, looking at what other people have. Would you say, though, through those challenges, because it's not easy, does God provide along the way? Kelly, are you with us? Does God provide along the way? (laughs) That, I mean, that has been just my go-to as far as, like, my faith, too. I mean, just feeling, like, that surrender, like, feeling the surrender to, to God, knowing, like, He will guide me through this. And I look to him, I mean, and this is one of my things, my (laughs) nighttime go-tos, I will go on the Relevant Radio app 
and um, turn the adoration on at night when I'm putting my kids down because it's just like that's my time to really talk to God about any concerns that I have as a mom or like praying for my kids, praying to be able to guide my kids, um, just praying for that strength, you know, every single day. Um, and just like the willpower to, um, to not have those temptations, you know, and even like just the mentality, like sometimes, you know, I'll have a really rough day and I'm like, oh, I should really be going back to work, which now I have a fourth, but that's not, and that's not going to happen. But when I had three kids, I was thinking like, oh, maybe I should be working. And that's the evil one telling me, oh, you should be going to work instead of staying at home with your kids. So like for me, it's just like really trying to like incorporate prayer into the day to day. Praise God. And he provides. So he provides the time to pray as we make that effort, right? And he provides the means necessary to continue to stay in that state in life. Kelly, thank you so much for calling and sharing your story. I think it's so important for other women to hear that sacrifice, that difficulty of, you know, the hurdle was letting go of the job, letting go of, you know, jealousy and resentment of what other people have. And I want to ponder this statement because Kelly just said something really important. As she said, you know, a lot of people have this mindset, I could never be a stay-at-home mom because. Ponder this. What is that for you? Have you said those words? I've heard so many people say that. I could never be a stay-at-home mom because what? Because you'd be bored? Because you wouldn't have enough money? Because take some time, maybe write about that, really pray about it and recognize God provides. I hear so often from couples, individuals who say, I wanted so badly to be a stay-at-home mom. I thought I could never do it. We waited, we waited, and then finally we just took the leap of faith. You know, logically hunkering down as well and making prudential decisions, and God provided. Was it easy? Not necessarily, but he provided every step of the way. And I think there's a practical and a spiritual side to this, and the two go hand in hand. And I'm hearing this from even just Kelly's story and from all the women who are writing to me on social media today over this. And I'd love to hear your story. Share it with me on social media. Give me a call. The number is 1-888-914-9149. I think the practical side is that we have to spend some time thinking about these questions and take them to prayer. What is my state in life? Okay, I'm married. I have children. Um, Who has God entrusted to your care? Your spouse? Your children? Don't think about your spouse as your child, but these are people that God has entrusted to your care. Uh, What needs do I need to meet for them? What unfulfilled needs am I struggling to meet for them? Am I empathetic, overwhelmed, exhausted? What must change to fulfill my state in life and embrace and enjoy my state in life? What do I need to eliminate? What do I need to say no to? What needs do I have that need to be met? Maybe you're struggling. You're thinking, I really just need some exercise. Uh, you, you're currently home and you're struggling to embrace that seat in life. I would feel better if I exercised. Do you need to wake up half an hour earlier in the morning? Do you need to be able to say, hey, I'm working out every day at seven o'clock or four times a week, whatever it might be. And, you know, you get on that same page with your spouse. Oh, do you need to go to bed earlier? You know, those are different things. I know even just for me recently, the routine, I think the routine is always difficult. And I was saying to my mom, you know, I'm struggling to make a new routine. I need to exercise and I need to make sure I'm praying. And I need to do that without having children who need me at that moment. And that meant that I needed to go to bed earlier and wake up earlier before my children. Do they still sometimes wake up before me and wake me up? Yes. 
But having that baseline there has been helpful for me to be able to pray in silence and to be able to get at least a little bit of an exercise in and to take some deep breaths so that I'm present and ready. And that has helped me in embracing my state in life. Uh, And I'll talk about the spiritual side of it in a moment. Uh, But we have to think through and pray with these questions I just asked. And you can listen to the podcast to walk through those questions. Write them down. You might be surprised by your response to these questions and even by your spouse's response, what your husband may say. Remember, you're a team. You have to find solutions together. If you are desiring to make changes so that you can enjoy and embrace that state in life, that's what we're called to as mothers. And as I said, this practical and the spiritual side go hand in hand. The spiritual side is we have to live a life of prayer and fight for virtue. That means we need to be praying for what we need. Pray that God gives you the joy of motherhood. Pray that God gives you the ability to embrace suffering. I know one of the things I pray for is, God, help give me the energy I need to get what I need to done. Help give me the energy I need to meet the needs of others and not turn in on myself. It's such an important prayer. We have lots of questions coming in. I'm happy to take your question. Numbers 1-888-914-9149. It's our weekly marriage hour today on Trending. You can ask your question now on social media as well. Just follow me at Timmery, T-I-M-M-E-R-I-E. listening to Trending with Timory, where you can discuss what matters most to you. Join the conversation, 888-914-9149. Welcome back to our weekly marriage hour. The number is 1-888-914-9149. If you have a question, Catherine from Orange County called and asked this. She said, what do I do when my husband is discontent and wants a second income, but I want to stay home? This is a great question. I'm actually going to start by answering it with a story of a friend of mine who he worked, he was the sole financial provider, and his wife had always been a stay-at-home mom, taking care of the kids, raising beautiful children. And he kept expressing to me that he wanted her to start working. And I'm sitting here thinking, you compliment all the time the fact that your wife is raising these wonderful children and how grateful you are, but now you're complaining you kind of want her to work. And as we were talking back and forth about it, he ended up sharing that there was actually this level of discontentedness with her. Uh, that she was, you know, she kind of say like, man, I really wish, you know, we had different carpet. I really wish we could remodel the kitchen. And there were a lot of things that she was constantly pointing at. And he was looking at it going, I'm providing, I'm providing. But he started to feel like he wasn't providing enough. And he realized there's nothing that I can really do right more right now. I'm hustling in every way we can to keep you preserved to be home with the children. So I bring this up because Perhaps there's something that you are expressing you're dissatisfied with that you want more of. Or maybe you don't realize you're saying it. Like maybe you're saying, yes, I would like nicer carpet. Or I would like a bigger home. Or I would like a new car. Or I'd like to eat out more. Whatever that might be. Maybe there's something you were saying that's making him feel that sense of being discontent. And so he's asking you for help because he can't take more on. It's one perspective. It's one I've heard a lot, and that 
experience with my friend uh, has really stood out to me over these years that sometimes when we're not on the same page and we thought we were, it's often because there's something we're saying that is making them feel like there's more of a burden to want more uh, of an income. Uh, so that's kind of on a practical side to kind of take that time to thoughtfully and prayerfully consider what do I need to reel back that's maybe putting pressure on that desire or maybe even need, legitimate need for a second income. And then taking that to prayer as well, that the two of you are on the same page. We so often talk about uh, Genesis and the creation of men and women. We read about the creation of Adam and Eve in Genesis chapters 1 and 2 and the creation of the world. And we read the two shall become one flesh. And we so often talk about one flesh in terms of the one flesh union. When we talk about one flesh, that's a body and soul, that we should be of one mind. At what does it take to bring that continuity, that contentedness between the two of you and the choices you've made and the sacrifices you've made? What conversation needs to occur? Have you asked, why why is he discontent? Have you shared why you love being a stay-at-home mom? Uh, Talk about that, because sometimes I think things occur where we're not talking to each other enough. And so prayerfully pray that the two of you can come onto the same page and make sure you have that time to make those conversations occur. Also, I want to encourage you to pray to the Holy Family, the Blessed Virgin Mary and St. Joseph, uh, for their intercession before the child Jesus. Uh, St. Joseph and Our Lady have this perfect dynamic of the complementarity between femininity and masculinity. And they will intervene in your marriage and in your family if you ask them. This is what I love about being consecrated to St. Joseph and the Blessed Virgin Mary, because there's this level of detachment. Everything I have, everything I am, is consecrated to our Lord Jesus Christ through this consecration to St. Joseph and and the Blessed Virgin Mary, who takes everything to Christ. It's not mine. It's not my life. They, they intervene in helping put all the pieces together. And there's a sense of peace that occurs when you can prayerfully stay in that state of prayer, abandoning these things to their most holy intercession before the throne of their precious child who sacrificed himself on the cross for us. All of this topic brings me kind of to this thing I've been pondering over the last couple of days. I was reading from Matthew chapter 27, and this is where Jesus Christ is on the cross, hanging on the cross, the crucifixion. And I kept thinking about how Jesus Christ didn't choose to save himself from suffering, but he could have. And it's really important that we think about it. He didn't have to save us in that way. There were other th- ways that he could have saved us. In Matthew chapter 27, we read that Jesus was mocked on the cross by the chief priests, the scribes, and the elders. We actually read that they're mocking him and they're saying he saved others. He can't save himself. He's a king of Israel. Let him come down from the cross and then we will believe in him. He trusts in God. Let God deliver him now if he desires him. And they go on and on mocking Christ, telling him and telling others he can save himself. And there was a striking reality that even in the face of everyone saying, "You're God. if you're really God like you say you are, if God's your father like you say he is, He would desire you to come off of that cross. And I think that we always have this desire to not see people suffer. And Jesus Christ allowed himself to suffer. He even allows us to suffer and unite ourselves to his suffering. Do you think he was tempted to come off the cross? Well, we know in the Garden of Gethsemane that he asked God the Father, 
if possible, to take this cup, this cup of suffering, the cup of the crucifixion, the cup of the scourging away from him. But he didn't. He united himself. Not my will, but thy will be done. But even then, as, he, as they're sitting here saying, prove us wrong. He also, God knew their hearts that even in the face of all of his miracles that he had performed, they still didn't believe. Why would they now? And he even spoke to this effect. They didn't believe when the apostles, when the prophets came before him. Why would they believe now necessarily? This is relevant to our lives because Jesus Christ modeled on the sacrifice, in the sacrifice of the cross, on the cross, he modeled that he didn't have to suffer for us, but he chose to. He did. He showed us that true service and love toward others is cruciform. In theology, we talk about things as cruciform love, sacrificial love. What is cruciform love? That's ultimately the scandal and the paradox of the cross. When we love others, we don't have to sacrifice for them, but we can and we should. And that is what Jesus showed us to do, what he did for us. And this is what we should remember when we make the sign of the cross in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. We are marking ourselves physically with a cross while invoking the words of the Trinity, the sacrifice of Jesus on the cross. You're called to that same sacrificial, life-giving, self-giving love that Jesus Christ modeled on the cross. You are made for that sacrifice. That is the blueprint for your life. That is why the very natural vocation that occurs within the human body and within society is marriage because marriage, motherhood, fatherhood requires sacrificial love in order to be done correctly. But what's sad is that we have free will and we can freely choose to blow it off, to not step up and rise to the occasion. Yet that is exactly what we are made for and that is exactly what God will provide the grace and the means necessary to do so if we will only trust on him. If we will only follow that blueprint he has for us. You don't have to do it. But look at the goodness and transformation accomplished in Jesus Christ's sacrificial offering on the cross. What would happen? What would happen if you also were willing to suffer out of love for those entrusted to your care? I think we're afraid of this sometimes. Afraid of giving too much of ourselves. Afraid of getting hurt. Just because we love sacrificially doesn't mean that we won't hurt. Jesus Christ suffered on the cross. Look at him. He's bloody. He's bruised and he's beaten. Yet that is the symbol of love for us as people of faith. How do we model that? What do we have to do? He didn't have to suffer on the cross for us. He was mocked for doing so, but he chose to. And we too are called to love in that same way. You're listening to Trending with Tim Ray here on Relevant Radio. Be sure to share this episode of Trending. Follow us on the Relevant Radio app if you haven't already downloaded it. And tomorrow I'll be joined by a parent who chose to remove social media and screens from her children's lives. What happened? She'll share with us tomorrow on Trending. This is Timory from Trending with Timory. What happens when you take screens and social media away from kids? Are they alienated? Do they thrive? Do they struggle? 
Friday on Trending, a parent who chose to remove social media screams from her home, from her children that is, saw a drastic change. We'll share a little bit of her story and her own voice here on Trending. So join me Friday, 6 p.m. Central on Relevant Radio or the Relevant Radio app.